0: We're in chapter 6 of Daniel this morning as we continue on our journey through this amazing book. As we go through as a reminder, Daniel has experienced a lot. And at this point, he's middle 80s, which, yes, during this time period, that's unusual to live to such a, an age. And so he has a lot of experience under his belt. And he has been in the position that no matter who the government is, that he has always stood for what is right within how he lived his own life. And the amazing thing is he always gained the respect of those who were in charge over him. And just an amazing way that he lived. And I, you know, as we deal with our own issues with government and deal with things. I'm looking to Daniel for for leadership and understanding how do we respond to things. However, he did respond. He gained respect from everyone around him. But some know he gained jealousy because things seemed to go his way quite often. And so that's what happens here. Here in Daniel 6 um, is one of the most preached on I've heard chapters in the Bible with Daniel in the lion's den, but I don't know if I've heard, like, in person a sermon on Daniel in the lion's den. I don't know. Have I? Has someone preached on it over the years? Have we? I was just asleep that Sunday when someone else was preaching. I don't know. But as we look at this chapter, a little time has gone on. King Darius is in power, who is not Babylonian this is from the Mede Persian Empire and so Darius is here and he's appointed people in leadership under him and Daniel is one of those and within this authority people come to understand that Daniel has incredible wisdom this ability to lead and do governance and he the 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 emperor Darius is appointing Daniel now to be like second in command even though he is not a local. He is someone who has been exported, remember, from Jerusalem, and he is a foreigner here in a foreign land, but he has an incredible amount of leadership. But some of the locals, though, are very jealous of Daniel. And as they look at where, you know, he didn't grow up here. He'd only lived here for 65 years, but he's still not a local. And as he grew in government other people wanted the position that he had and as they investigated him they they had a plan these others in leadership with him decided let's watch him and look for his weakness let's see where does he make mistakes at so that we can destroy him because of that and after they watched and watched daniel they couldn't find him do anything that was wrong they watch and they watch day after day he always lived a life of integrity and as i'm thinking about that i'm thinking wow that probably couldn't be found in my life and most of our lives to like for for our whole lives that we've done everything in absolute integrity but i think as we read through this chapter and glean from it i think we can learn about how we can start moving toward a life that really lives in such a way that it points to jesus in all that we do you see we can change we can change to be more like daniel and his faith and i'm reminded i've been encouraged by a few people that i've known where i have seen dramatic change in their lives but one i i just can't imagine one incredible woman Um, who's in our church family for a very long time. I was talking with her once, and she said um, she had a dramatic change in her life, and God did something big. And it's Joanne Weiner. I've always known her to be funny and very outgoing and friendly and kind. And she said, I didn't always used to be that way. And I'm like, no. And she said, really? She said, I changed I had a dramatic change and I'm like tell me about that what happened And she said I was actually working at, I think it's a state hospital and she worked at state hospital and they had an orientation and they had a guest speaker come in and the guest speaker was talking about life and attitudes and, and how we live our lives and the illustration that stuck in her mind is the speaker talked about um, during the day then if you went to jump out of an airplane they made you pack your own parachute because they didn't want anyone else responsible. If it didn't open right, it's your fault, and you couldn't, you know, sue anyone after that, except for yourself. Um, But as the speaker explained that your attitude is a choice and that joy is a choice that you make, it really hit home with her. And even though she felt like she had a lot of things to be grumpy about in her life and things in her past, that she did not have to let that define who she was and her behavior now. And she allowed God to work through that message in her life and allowed herself to be transformed. Now, I, I did not um, believe her, so I asked other people, was she a little snippy when she was younger? And they're like, yeah, some of them said that. So God did amazing work there. Another one was a teenager. A teenager, a group of us were going down with other churches in town to an event we called Venture in, in Florida, and we did church camp on the beach there. And there's a, a, a teenager who um, had an experience that week with God. And I remember as we were traveling back on the bus, the adults and I were talking about this is a different person that went down on the bus than who was coming back on the same bus and how this person responded to things, their personality was different, and God did an incredible work in their lives. So, as we read through this passage, I want all of us to think about that we, if we allow God to do a work, that God can do a work inside of us to transform us, that no matter what is behind us, that we can move forward With a joy of understanding who God is And the work that God can do in our lives And our hearts As we pursue faith in Him And pursue the righteousness that He gives us As a gift So these Back to Daniel So as he was living life The way that he always had The jealous people who were with him um, Saw that he had incredible integrity But they thought they found something they could use. And that was actually his faith. And they decided that they could use his incredible understanding of his faith and how he always does what he feels like his God is telling him to do, which is pray. They recognized that Daniel was praying on a regular basis and they had to be spying closely because they recognized that he was used to going to his room and opening the windows, the shutters, and he would face Jerusalem and he would pray. And he did this on a regular basis. And they thought, we can use this. We can use this somehow. And they also knew that Darius, enough by this time, that they could manipulate him and that they could work things and worm things to make him do what they they wanted so they used his pride and so these guys went to darius and said hey let's make you know to promote you and and to have unity in the kingdom let's promote that everyone at least for 30 days let's do a 30-day time period where only people can worship you and the only people can bow down to you and that's it and he's like yeah, that's not a bad idea. So sure, if that's if that's what you think's right, we'll 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 make that so. And then they said, Well, let's make it, you know, really serious, like not just a request, but let's say if someone refuses to bow down to you, or if someone bows down to someone else and worships or prays to someone else other than you, let's make it a capital offense. He's like, really? You know, so they have this conversation. Eventually, they convince him that if anyone bows down to pray to anything other than him, they have to be put into a den of hungry lions. And yeah, once again, we see that kings during this time period likes doing capital punishment in dramatic ways so that people would talk about it. So they get him to agree to this. And he's like... Sounds like a plan to me. And I'm sure no one will have any issue with not bowing down to me. You know, so this is where he's at. But let's pop in now to to Daniel in verse 10 of chapter 6. And now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed... Giving thanks to his God just as he had done before and some of your versions may say as his custom but this is something that Daniel had done before and apparently has probably done this his whole life but this was his custom this was what he had been doing before and then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to your majesty or the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. So the, the king loved Daniel, and it just was not on his radar that this would be causing the death of his friend. And then the men went as a group to King Darius and said, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, who you serve continually, rescue you. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And these verses in between here, it talked about how the king was so upset. He couldn't sleep or eat all that night. He was very, very upset. 20. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And the king was waiting patiently. But notice the king had enough faith of, in Daniel and his God that he had hope that Daniel survived this. And to me, that's amazing. So, as king's listening for an answer, in 21, Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. As the story continues, the king is angry. And then he turned the tables on the guys who had, he recognized had manipulated him. And so he had throws thrown into the lion's den, um, and they were killed. As we look deeply into the story, we see that there is history here. Daniel has history with God. Daniel has experienced trials before that were life-threatening, but Daniel, in the way that he lived his life, had learned to live in a certain way that was very consistent. I know in my own life, I have this temptation that when times get tough, my behavior changes. And I first honestly noticed it in college. I noticed that when finals week was approaching, that my prayer life got so much better as those finals were approaching. And I recognized so much was on the line. Very often a third of my grade would be based on how I do on this one, two-hour exam during this first week of December or a week in May. And I noticed I prayed more. And I started thinking, Randy, you should be praying like this all the time, not just when something is coming up that's going to give you stress. But you find yourself in the same way when something is really important coming up or a health crisis is coming um your way or someone even more importantly for us oftentimes someone that we love dearly has something critical that's going on that we we fall to our knees more often than than we do on a regular basis and i think as we look into daniel we can see that daniel prayed and had a routine that was his custom things that he did every day that was building his faith. And because of this regular routine of connecting with God, that over time, that when the trials did come, he was ready to face them. He was ready to face whatever came because he was prepared and he was ready for whatever life sent his way. But very often, I think we, we get very comfortable where we're at, and we get in a place where things aren't stressful in any way, and we're just kind of cruising down life. And whenever that happens, and we put our life on cruise control, it's so easy to stop doing the things that build our relationship with God. And we stop doing things that promote life and faith in our lives. Um, There was a a preacher I heard years ago who... um, had this phrase that really stuck with me. And the phrase that he had is to help us to understand that just because we want something to be so doesn't make it happen. And that just because we, we desire in our life to have a, a close relationship with God and a, a tight relationship with God and to have the faith like Daniel, we can want that, but that doesn't make it happen. And so his phrase was that your destination that you want where you want to be, is not determined by your desire. You may really, really want something, but just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen. His phrase is that your destination is determined by your direction, not your desire. You can want something, but unless, unless you actually make the change in the direction of your life, you're not going to end up at your destination that you're wanting to to have. And very often if we want a destination that say is our our faith with God, that we want that to be strong and we want that to be significant in our lives and we want to glorify God and how we do, that wanting that, just pure wanting that, doesn't make it happen. That we actually have to take action steps in our lives to walk toward that. You see, God provides us the way. And Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And he, he lays the path out for us. But we have to walk the path to Christ in the direction of Christ to receive that. We can't just think, that would be nice. That would be nice. But if we do not pray, if we do not read God's word, if we do not do acts of service for others, if we do not meditate on His Word, growth is not going to happen. Growth is something that we participate in with God. Now, not to confuse things with salvation. Salvation is a free gift that we give. And as we reach out toward God and say we need Him, and we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to Him, we have salvation. But growth only happens as we we work out our salvation with fear and trembling and as we we do the things to build that relationship with, with God. Once again, not to confuse that with acts of works that bring us salvation, but we do need to walk a walk with Christ to grow in that relationship. This Easter season is approaching quickly. So I want to encourage us as Easter approaches. I know it's, been, it's so cold now, it's hard to think of that. But actually, the liturgical churches in town who participate in, in Lent, that Ash Wednesday is coming up this, this week. And so it's coming very quickly. So I want to challenge all of us during Lent. I want to challenge myself and challenge you to start doing some habits of faith-building during Lent. And what I want you to really think about and pray about as this time period approaches, and we'll start next week, is to ask God, God, what can I give up? What can I fast to show my love for you? What can I give up so that as I pray and as I fast, that during this time that I'm missing something that is a regular part of my life, that as I I leave that out, that I can use that longing that I have to recognize my prayer that I need to have for you. And you could do this in many different ways, but I want to suggest that you think about something that you have given up. During the the month of January, I gave up um, television and desserts. And I I felt it. But during that time period, you know, late in the evening, if when I was used to watching the news or watching a movie or whatever, I'm like, oh, nope, I'm fasting. And during that time period, I recognized how much I was allowing my, my body and my flesh to just do things to be comfortable and to do things that brought comfort to me. And as I would do that more and more, I was leaving God out of my life. But during the time of fasting, it brought me an understanding of how I needed to bring that closeness and that intimacy and a relationship with God more into my life. And so during that month of January, I, I grasped and my Scripture reading increased and I grew in my relationship with God. You can also, during this time period, um, Pick something that's significant for you. So some of you, it may be going without food. Typically, fasting means going without food for a period of time. It may be a meal a day. It may be um, certain meals throughout the week. It could be whatever is significant for you. Something that, that you do that you're giving up to recognize that I'm going to use this time, to use this space, to use this energy that I usually donate to or dedicate to something else. I'm going to dedicate it to God during this time period. So prayerfully consider, God, are you asking me to make a change in my life? Are you asking me to to change in how I do my life on a daily basis, to to change something so that I can be more like Daniel, so I can be a person found of faith, a person who is found to be a person of integrity? So please um, consider praying about that now about god what is it you would like me to change during my life during this easter season it is so easy to get comfortable it is so easy to focus on things that because of just life going okay to to leave god out of our lives but i want to challenge you to begin really thinking about where is god wanting me to be during this time period So our our question I want us to meditate on this morning is my life, business as usual, how much does that include God? And then when I'm in crisis mode, when I'm living, recognizing there's something very important coming up, and I, I focus more on God and I focus more on praying, see, in my life, I've recognized those are two different ways that Randy had lived. But now i'm trying to work that my business as usual my behaviors are the same as when i'm in crisis mode that i'm the same randy all the time no matter what's going on around me or to me or whatever that i'm trying to be consistent in my spiritual walk so i want to ask you are you in a similar place where you recognize your life is Your spiritual life is different according to what season you're in and what kind of pressure you're under or however your health is. You see, God wants us to continually be in his presence and God has designed us to be in relationship with him and an intimacy with him that is ongoing every day. When we are not engaging God every day in our lives, God is missing that. God is longing because it's good for you God is longing for you to have a relationship with him that is rich and meaningful and powerful and that every day we are connecting with God. Daniel chose, as we see this part of his life, that he prayed three times a day, and this was set on a schedule within how he lived his life. And within the schedule, um, we could do that if we don't do that already we could set certain times during the day where we're like nine o'clock the alarm goes off and i'm going to pray and then at lunchtime i'm going to pray and then it so i want to encourage us think about how does god want you to grow how does god want you to change what you do now so that your destination is more clearly spelled out in the actions that you're taking What does God want you to do to be more like Daniel's faith? So let's just pray about that and think about that now. As as Linda is going to play um, the first stanza for a hymn, and then we'll all stand and sing together with the lyrics. But during this time period, just really listen to God speaking to you. And does God want me to make a change so that my business as usual is the same as my crisis mode. Think about these things. Heavenly Father, as we recognize your work in our lives, God, may we choose to allow you to transform who we are, that we can be more like Daniel, someone who is found to be only a person of integrity. May we be found as a person who can be transformed by your love and your work may we be found as someone who when they see us what they notice is our, our love of god not just who we are not just people of good deeds but that we are people who are striving to love you so god as we come this morning to worship you we ask to be transformed We ask that you show us our faults. We ask that you show us our rebellion. We ask that you show us our sin so that we can be who you call us to be. So God, may we turn our hearts fully over to you this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. So as we listen, I'll be up here if you want to chat about what it means to be a person who is putting Christ first in their lives or maybe you want to join our church family but whatever it is, the altar is open this morning as we worship together.